for the cultured episode 15 we're finally here it took forever to me uh for (laughs) it took forever for me to get to recording this i apologize sorry um basically the bi-weekly schedule of recording the episodes kind of went out the window considering that coachella fell on one of the weekends i would record thought i might record before going obviously that didn't happen And then here we are now, a week later, I finally got around to it. So welcome, episode 15, got a lot of things to talk about. Um, Gonna go over the festival for a little bit, got a lot of new shows, music, everything to go over. So uh, who you just heard, that was Clapdome. He was on at Coachella, he played actually two DJ sets there. And he was someone I think I recommended maybe last episode from when I was doing a preview of who was going to be at the festival and uh, he was incredible from when I did see him. But um, before we get into all that, what are you doing here? This is Content for the Cultured, um, where we talk about shows, movies, uh, music, pop culture, everything like that, from the perspective of someone who's tired of the uh, mainstream, who's tired of the classic radio bullshit, and who wants to hear actually good music and isn't all about the scene necessarily. Uh, and I had to deal with a lot of people like that at Coachella, unfortunately. But Let's get started. So, like I said, I have a lot of things to talk about. I'm gonna pull up my uh, pull up my notes here. So typically, with this show, the way I format it is usually at the beginning. And if you listen to this regularly, you know you don't usually. I talk about the artist I play at the beginning, review one of their albums or something like that, a preview new music. Then we go into movies. Then we go into TV shows or vice versa, one way or the other. Well, it's gonna be a little different right now because I have. A lot of stories to tell from Coachella. I, I actually was taking notes while I was there. So um, I guess before I start talking about that, I will just say, like like I said earlier, that first artist you heard was Clapton. Amazing electronic music. Just listen to him. Um, some of it, you might listen to it. And even though a lot of the songs are, say, eight or nine minutes long, like a typical electronic song, which I love, his music can still feel a little formulaic at, time, at times. But I mean, you know, that's just like a minor complaint amongst all his great tracks on there. So that one you heard was um, No Eyes. I think it's like maybe his second or third top song on Spotify. But either way, he's got a lot of great songs. I mean, you can start with the top five, go with any of the albums, the singles, whatever you'd like. Um, I just think that song is a great place to start. And I actually added a lot of his songs to, you know, Content for the Culture playlist on Spotify to um, the Coachella playlist on Spotify, which I created, and then also on my electronic playlist. And I think my dance play. I mean, I just added it all over the place because I love it. It's like very upbeat, uh, electronic music, very thick bass. Um, it's just good. It's just good house house music. I love it. Um, so anyways, listen to him. I'm not really going to go into that too much. I saw my Coachella and I can get into that there. So 
let's just start, let's start there and then we'll re- recap, you know, kind of the recent news in the industry and some of the other reviews I've been going over. I got to go over uh, M83's album and where that stands after the proclamation I made uh, and, and prediction I made last, last episode, which turned out to be 100% wrong. Anyway, so let, let's talk about, let's talk about Coachella. So before I went there, I was making playlists, uh, just one playlist actually. And um, sorry if I sound tired, by the way, if you're, if you're listening, you're like, oh, it doesn't sound as energized. One of those situations, again, I record on the weekend, just, you know, a little hungover. Um, but I'm, I'm drinking coffee right now. And I'm sure as we go along um, into this probably longer episode, then we'll, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll get some energy anyways. So I started building a playlist for Coachella. And with that came listening to all the artists. So I literally worked from the bottom up listen to every single fucking artist. I, it was, it was honestly, it got to a point. It was, it was excruciating, like honestly. And, and it's a total first world problem. Like, Oh, I had to stream all this music for $10 a month, but it was, I I got tired of listening to music. I really did. So I I listened to as many as I could from, from the bottom up. And I granted, I was probably impatient with some more than others, just because I'm like, Oh, I, this, I don't like this. And then I just skip over it. Cause I mean, I only had so much time to listen to all these artists and musicians. So, um, kind of was working against the clock there and it it felt like that overstimulation when you just listen to all of those bands it all kind of just starts to sound like one and and really I wouldn't recommend it in the sense of if you're really trying to like hear all the bands for what they are and and try and get it from as an unbiased as much of an unbiased standpoint as you can uh it's not going to happen because you're listening to these artists like constantly and just like a new band, a new feel, a new whatever, every other 20 minutes, it can just be overwhelming at times. I mean, obviously I'm a big proponent of not listening to the same old music you've been listening to for the past 20 years and just listening to, you know, fucking the Eagles greatest hits all the time. No, of course not. Like I'm not about that. But at the same time, there is something to be said for that, for having some music you love, listening to it, and sticking with it for some time. So then you can kind of build up some other sensibilities and then work your way around to new musicians and be more patient with it. And at first it was fun listening to all these artists. I got to day one. Cause like I said, bottom up, I got to day one. I flew through day one and I was just like, mm, sucks, sucks, sucks. I mean, it was just so like, I got really impatient. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend that for anybody. Um, I tried to be as, as unbiased as I could. And I still had a good time doing it at the end of the day. I mean, it was, it was awesome listening to all those bands and I discovered new music and discovered new artists that I may have not even seen at Coachella because it was so like fucking packed and everything. I'll get into that, but, but it was still, you know, it was just wild. So I I don't know that basically why I'm saying this, I would just say for you, if if you're listening and if you're a big music person, as great as it is to listen to new music all the time, and I, I think it's a great thing to try and listen to new stuff as much as possible, there really is something to be said for taking a step back and listening to the music you love. And it kind of just brings you back down to earth a little bit. And so I've been doing that since uh, getting back from Coachella. I mean, granted, I've been listening to Clapton because it's a new artist I got into beforehand. But I've also been listening to really kind of throwing it back a decent amount. I was listening to a Dave Matthews band CD driving around the other night. Like I was like, geez, a CD too in my car. I was like, Oh my, I can stream this. I don't even know why I'm doing this. So, um, it it kind of, I've been taking like a step back. So I was, I was glad I could at least, you know, suggest a new artist this week and someone that you could listen to because he's Clapton is awesome. 
but either way, I'm, I'm a little just like overwhelmed musically right now in terms of all the artists I've been listening to. Um, and that sounds so snobby and it's, it really isn't meant to come off that way. It, it more is just like, it, it just gets to be too much. And especially like electronic music, it's, it can be so heavy sometimes. So I've kind of taken a step back and I don't know if you ever need to do that too, but it's just kind of one of those experiences I've, I had recently and I, it's really unrivaled. I've never had that kind of thing before. Um, and it's kind of like, it's, it's very similar to like watching a ton of new TV shows, you know, it, it like sometimes for the podcast, I'll be like, well, I got to watch a new show. I got to watch a new this. I got to do this, that, and the other. And then I'll watch it. And I'll be like, ah, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to deal with the new introductions of the characters. This pilot sucks, whatever. And it's like, ah, you can't do that. You know, sometimes you just got to hold on and watch four or five seasons of Louie and just stay in that world as opposed to branching out all the time. So either way, um, discovered a ton of new music nonetheless, and, and it was all worth the effort. And, uh, I, I think when you listen to those artists too, and you listen to the top five songs, you are absolutely 100% getting so much less of an understanding of their music than you would if you listen to their album. And I harp on that a lot because I know I'm a big proponent of vinyl and, oh, you want to listen to vinyl. You want to listen to the whole album. Let them tell their story. You're like used to hearing me say this shit, but I never go on the top five and I had to do that before Coachella. I had to, cause I'm like, I can't listen to these guys albums. I can't, you know, see which one is the best critic reviews go from first track to the end track. It takes fucking forever. It's like an hour. You know, I don't have that much time in the day. And so I was doing top five songs all the time. And I will say it was nice in some senses, but there were other times where I was listening to artists and I listened maybe like their first two or three songs and I wasn't digging it as much as I could. And I'm like, I remember thinking, I'm like, you know, I bet if I was patient with them, I bet if I listened to an album, I bet if I went a little bit more on the B-sides train, uh, I'd find something I like. But unfortunately, I just didn't have time to do that. So basically, the point I'm getting at is just if, if you have a chance to listen to someone new, if someone suggests them, don't just go off the top five. I know a lot of people do that. And it's not, I'm sure it's the same for Apple Music. I don't know what kind of format they have. I'm sure they have most played songs. They have the same thing on like iTunes at least. Um, it, it's not all just about what everybody plays the most, you know, find the song for you, find everything like that. So, and, and also just gives you a better chance to find someone like fresh. I mean, don't you want to listen to new music, you know? So I, I kind of had to skip over a lot of people. I mean, and it was just, you know, the situation, but it, it was a good lesson to me in the sense of I'm an album guy. At the end of the day, I am an album guy. I need to listen to a full album and let them say what they want to say. Say what you need to say. Um, We'll throw back JM for you there. That's a great, great song. That's a pretty terrible song. That one was really radio heavy. Um, that was so bad. Um, but either way, just, you know, avoid the top five if you can. If you if you have a little bit of patience, work your way around it as best you can. Unfortunately, I wasn't in that scenario. So that brings us to Coachella, that long rant about me listening to all the music from Coachella. So that brings us, and, I, and like I said, I was taking notes while I was there. I had my phone. I wasn't taking notes. I didn't have a fucking notepad, okay? I, I had like a virtual notepad in my phone. Um, and... Let's see. So where did it start? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I drive out there with my girlfriend. It's the drive was easy and we get there and we set up camp and this is Thursday night. Okay. So we set up camp on Thursday and we probably, I mean, the line wasn't that bad. Security wasn't ba that bad. We're all in there and we're setting up camp. We set up our little awning tent. We have our two chairs. We fold them open. We're like, oh yeah, we got that. Oh, we need, who needs a table? We got the cooler, put the cooler in between our chairs and we, line up the mattress pad, my, uh, my wonderful, like $80 egg carton or not even an egg carton sheet. It's like an inch and a half thick, 
uh, mattress pad that go we put in the back of her car. It's like a crossover SUV kind of thing. So we could, we're like, all right, we're going to sleep in the back of the trunk. It'll be fine. We got our cooler with our food. We got baskets of uh, food and and we got the cooler filled with drinks as well and booze and everything. We're all set. We got our clothes up in the front. So like literally we threw everything in the front two seats. We got our mattress pad in the back trunk of the car and our little tent emphasis on little. And we didn't know this at the time because you don't look at the dimensions. You see like, Oh, six foot tent. Like, Oh, it's big. I guess. I mean, it's, you know, the one on Amazon, it had good reviews. We set up and we start looking around and obviously it was our first time. Okay. So you got to go to an event like this and you learn a lot more. Every time you go, you just get better at doing it because it's such a process. And that's what I'm going to be getting at when I'm talking about it. It is such a goddamn process, the festival. And we start setting up and we're like, we're pretty much almost there and we're looking around and there are people all around us with the most incredibly well put together and detailed, like, like to the finest detail of like, we have covered every last problem that would encounter us kind of set up, you know? So literally like the people to our right, they all have individual tents. So they're not sharing tents even because you know, you get fucking hot in a tent. You have to deal with that. At least you can be by yourself. They have those little individual tents. They all have their own sleeping bags. They have giant fucking awnings, like camp covers, giant. I, I mean, like literally just huge where they're all walking. Like, and, and when I say huge, you're probably like, oh my God, how big must they have been? They were big enough for them to walk under. Okay. Because our tent was so goddamn small. You had to sit on the chair. Literally, I was crouching the whole time. Anytime we were at the campsite, I was just crouching. My back like hurt when I got back because the whole time... I was walking around. I literally was just like, I had to crouch to get under the tent. I'm like, you know, and I'm pretty tall. I'm like, I'm probably like six, two. I'm like crouching to get under that. And we have to have, we have to keep the trunk open the whole time. The car's not, you know, six, seven feet tall, whatever. I'm crouching to get under the bed. I'm crouching to do this, crouching to do that. So it was hilarious how like we get our thing set up and then we look around and everybody's just got like the most legit setup. And it's not like they have some RV or trailer home or something like that. Like they're not going that hard, but, but in terms of like camping and outdoorsy, and I'm, I'm just not an outdoorsy person for anybody listening to this and knows me personally, they probably just heard me say that. And they're like, well, fuck duh. Like, of course I know you, you know, it's like, that's just who I am. And neither is my girlfriend either. So, I mean, we did the best we could with our setup and ultimately we, you know, we did a good job really for our first time. Um, but everybody else went so much further than we did. I mean, the size of some of these tents too, like, yeah, the people to our right had like little individual tents. People to our left had like a fucking mansion for a tent. Like I, I just, the amount of space they had in there, it was almost unnecessary. Um, anyways, we, we get set up and, you know, mind you, of course, everybody around us has tables built up. They're playing beer pong. They're playing flip cup. They're going fucking hard in the paint. Okay. Because, you know, everybody tells us, well, the first night's the biggest party night at Chella. And I'm like, yeah, and I, that's how they said it to me. No, I'm just kidding. But it was, it was like, I'm not going to be hung over for the whole goddamn festival. Like, I, there's no point in, like, getting shitty tonight. Like, I think, come on, like, why, why, why? No, don't do that. Like, there's, you know. So, I mean, we had a couple beers. We just, like, relaxed. Like, let's just have a, you know, let's chill out and. And, you know, go, let's go grab a little bite to eat and then we'll just come, come back and go to bed. So we walk into the campgrounds and this is where I got the first taste of literally and um, figuratively of how expensive this trip was going to be. And we're, there's like a campground, like 
area with like restaurants and like little dance floors and stuff. And it's pretty cool. You know, like it's, it's not the actual festival. So it's like something to do during the day. If you don't want to go all the way down there or whatever. And I'm looking for something. I'm craving a slice of pizza. Cause I don't need like a burger or whatever. And even still looking at the burgers, the prices were like, Oh shit. Slice of pizza, cheapest $7. Okay. And this is not, this is not like a slice of pizza. That's like giant Italian, uh, giant Italian, slice that's like you know we put it in the oven and we made it like you know it's it's really like a just a normal fucking slice of pizza and that's when I'm like oh boy because we didn't bring a lot of good food to eat necessarily as meals we brought good food to eat as snacks like you can't we had like a cooler you know like what are we we got ice like on the way there and I'm, I'm not gonna keep like lunch meat in like 100 degree weather and have to deal with the back and forth of keeping it cold and this that and the other like you know whatever and that came back to bite us in the ass, like very hard and many different ways. So it was already expensive. I'm like, God damn it. So I wake up at, or no, not wake up. Um, sorry, getting to that. So we get back to the car and we go to sleep. We, you know, shut the trunk door. And cause I remember saying my, my girlfriend, she's like, well, we'll just keep it open. You know, it's fine. And I was like sketched out. I'm like, no, that's shady. People will want to do stuff. Like what the hell would they like, come on? We're sleeping with the doors locked on our sides. What are they really going to do? Steal our fucking shoes. Like, come on. Like it doesn't matter. So, um, we, we pass out and this is probably around like one thirty, and it's like, we're, we're geared up, you know, we were in a good mood, like going to bed or like just ready to wake up and go to the next day. I wake up in like a fit of rage at three thirty with like the most insane panic attack, claustrophobia all in one just like comes over me. It was like the most, and I have this problem where if I go on a plane and I fall asleep and I'm like in the window seat because like you're so closed in and there's like people like two people on your left. You can't you have to like get up over them. If I fall asleep and then I wake up, I get and I kind of just wake up and I'm in that hazy mode. I'll get like really claustrophobic and I'll just get really like panicky and I'll be like, oh, my like I got to get up. I got to go like I need to go to the bathroom or whatever. Like I get it's this insane thing. Like it's so terrifying. And it's one thing to happen in a plane and and like you can't get out. Obviously, it wasn't as bad as in a car, but like I wake up and I'm like, holy sh like. Jesus, because like I'm sleeping with my legs, they can't even go fully straight out in this trunk, you know, and I think that's part of the problem, I'm probably having a dream kick in my legs, and then they're not fucking going anywhere, and then my brain is like, Jesus Christ, I'm trapped, and I'm, I'm freaking out, and so I open the side door, I like hop out, and I literally like fall out, and I'm in my boxers, just completely fall out of my boxers, and I'm like, just flip, I'm like, I gotta, uh, uh, just in like a, like just freaking out, and of course I wake my girlfriend up. She's like, like, are you okay? And I'm like, and I'm just like breathing heavy. I'm like ripping, just fucking pulling my pants on as quick as I can. Just like, I feel ridiculous. And people are, of course, you know, it's not like dead silent. People are partying still. It's like, who's this guy? What's going on there? And so I like, just like kind of somber over to the, like the, the, uh, toilets or what are they called? Um, outhouses I get they're disgusting whatever 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 you want to call them they're fucking disgusting and we walk over there and of course our campsite wasn't located conveniently close to one and um walk over there and I like use the restroom and I'm like oh it was just it was the worst since I had this like major panic attack and it was just awful and I get back and, and we're my girlfriend's like calm me down like it's okay relax and I'm and I know it's fine it's just like that weird if anybody has ever had that happen to them it's like a thing you can't really control you're like oh you just kind of get stricken with like panic it's so weird uh it claustrophobic feeling it's like the weirdest fucking thing and so anyways we, we just sleep with the trunk open great decision and the wind was blowing all night so it ended up working out well the wind's blowing it keeps it nice and cool but because of that it's not quiet at all and it's not quiet in general at the campsite but you have the door open the whole time and we hear 
uh, I think we actually, I don't even think we woke up to anybody. What am I saying? I'm saying everybody's loud. We woke up to fucking nature. Let's be real. The sun rose at like 6 a.m. And it already starts getting hot in that car. It is so hot in, in Coachella Valley. It's unbelievable. So I just was like, I mean, we wake up and at that point, like I'm exhausted, but at least we're up and we're just slowly moving, slowly moving. And, and really, I'm not going to go into this much detail for the whole trip. Don't worry. It's just this first 24 hour period was probably the most brutal 24 hours I've ever had. So I had that panic attack. It's like, oh, we wake up, we're tired. And you know, at that time, it's like, all right, let's have a good day. We're fucking here. We're excited. And, you know, again, remember, this is this is at 6 a.m. So we have a pretty long morning ahead of us. You know, you do that on the weekends at home. It's different. You know, you wake up early and you're like, oh, I was planning on sleeping in. But I guess I'll just get up early. Maybe I'll be productive and I'll sit in my air conditioned house and enjoy uh, enjoy my time to myself and use my computer and maybe get some work done. You can't fucking do that in, in a car trunk. And, and when you have just two chairs under a sh- little tiny shaded spot in the middle of fucking nowhere in California when it's 100 degrees out. So we're slowly dealing with the morning. And like as we go on, we get a little hungry, a little hungry, a little hungry. And we're finally like, all right, we just got to get some food. So we eat. I had like peanut butter in a tortilla. Like I was dipping my tortilla in the peanut butter, crunchy peanut butter. So at least had like a little bit of uh, texture to it, I guess. Um, but we're eating that and and we're just kind of like barely getting along and everybody else around us, of course, like they actually bring camping equip, equipment because they're not fools. There were people who were making scrambled eggs and it's like nothing is better than scrambled eggs in the morning on like a camping trip. Like that's just such a protein heavy, energizing meal and it's just smelling it and everything. People, there was one campsite that had a pancake mix box just sitting up like tantalizing us just like all across and i'm like oh man that's probably the blueberry pancakes those sons of bitches so it was just like brutal with the food situation um but we made it happen either way we we ate and you just kind of got to suck it up and we're not going to go into the campsite and buy breakfast like jesus i'm not a millionaire like i can't afford eating there all the time and so we're getting ready and this was like this was where it started to go really south for for the first 24 hours (laughs) We're getting ready and I'm like putting in my contacts. I'm like, all right, let's go. And I brought my glasses to be, to be fair. So I had them just in case, but I, I remember right before I left that night, I had my contacts case and I had like my new contacts. I'm like, oh, I should bring some backups. I'm like, no, you'll just lose them. Why do that? That's so stupid. Don't bring new backups and just lose those as well. I'm putting on my contacts in the morning. And of course my hands and like eyes are like extremely dry and there's like no moisture in the air or whatever. It's not like you're in a bathroom that has like humidity with like the fan going. And literally I try and put it in my right eye. And I think I got it in my left eye first and, and I put it in my right. I put it in my right. Eye, and I'm like, where'd it go? And I'm like, Oh shit. And I look and I'm like, I, I dropped it. I dropped it. And I look down at the ground and this is like just a grassy ground, which is if anybody here listening knows what it's like to lose a contact, it completely just depends on what kind of surface you lose it on. You know, that's all it really comes down to because it's clear, but sometimes it can be reflective on some surfaces, not on grass in like the middle of a fucking music festival. Like that is the one of the, like literally it's like needle in a haystack. And so I'm looking, I'm looking, and all I'm thinking is I'm like, I don't want to wear my glasses the whole time because I don't have sunglasses then. I, I have horrible far vision, which would be the worst thing for Coachella. And I won't be able to wear sunglasses. And that's another terrible thing for Coachella. And so basically I'm fucking scouring on the ground. My girlfriend comes and helps me. I'm like, I can't find it. I can't find it. Can't find it. And I get to a point like this has been probably 20, 25 minutes of searching. 
I actually threw my fist into the ground. Like I was like punching. Like I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like just that guy freaking out. Like, where are my contacts? And I know anybody that like heard or saw is like, this dude is a fucking maniac. Like, what is it? And my girlfriend too was just like, I am so humiliated, you know, and I'm flipping out. I'm like, God damn it. Like, I, I'm just so frustrated. And of course, I, at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. I have my glasses. Go back one last time, running my hand over, find, find the fucking contact. Of course I find it. And I was really happy. And I'm like, well, the day's turning around. I'm in a great mood. And, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you already have the shame of when you freaked out. But you, you, you can't take that back. But at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I still found it. I found it. I'm happy. So I find it. I'm good. I got my vision. And we're getting ready to roll. It's like, it's hot. It's like 10, 11 a.m. And it's really hot. But at least, like, we're finally getting close to noon. I think the first show started, like, 1 or so. And... We're slowly drinking beers. And at the same time, while we're drinking beers, we're drinking water. We're slugging water. And like, and I really mean like a beer for like a full slug of water. It, it's pretty even. And one sec, I'm having some coffee. Um, anyways, we're, we're staying hydrated. We did a really good job. I, I don't understand what, why what happened next happened. And um, basically... We're slowly drinking throughout the day. And then we eventually get to the point like we're like pre-gaming, quote unquote, drinking wise. And, you know, we're drinking a little more and like we're going to go in there as you know, we want to get there, get in there a little saucy, you know, because it's a huge festival and it's going to be expensive for drinks and food in there. And you can't bring in booze. We don't have a flask or anything. We don't know what security's like. You know, we don't want to fuck with it. So we pre-game. We're having a good time. We have a nice little buzz going in. We're walking in. And the first thing that happens that the security guard stops us for is and this is a huge line too so we're like waiting waiting we're like cloaked in sunscreen and everything and we get to the front and this lady is like oh you can't bring that in going through our bags and stuff i'm like what what can't we bring in and she's like pulls out this sunscreen can that's like aerosol you can't bring that in it's like what why can't i bring in fucking sunscreen to your event it's like a hundred degrees out it's it's unbearably hot out here like we this is like a it's like a health it's a health problem and so, like, I couldn't even believe it. They're literally like, you can't bring this in. You can't bring this in. And we're like, well, well, fine. And we, like, handed it. It was hilarious. We, like, handed it to someone back in the line. They were just kind of, like, passing it along because everybody's just loading up on it. I mean, we're not going to use it. So we walk in. And, of course, like, 10 feet within, the within like, the people uh, doing the security checks and everything like that, I just, like, walk by this guy just smoking a joint. I'm like, I, you know, you really, that's, you guys really did a great job with security. It's like taking, taking the damn fucking 50 SPF sunscreen that like my very white ass needs. And then you're leaving like everything like that. People just sneaking in drugs and everything. No problem. It's like, come on. So we walk around, we go to a stage that has like, uh, that has like, it's called the do lab and it has, they have like water misters and stuff we're like that. Sounds great. It's so hot. And we have that, we have a little food, and then the heat exhaustion hits. And I don't, I've never felt like this before. And I'm not an outdoorsy person, like I said before. And the heat exhaustion hit hard. And I was, I've never been so exhausted and dehydrated in my whole life. And and during that time, we're like, all right, let's get inside. And there was a, uh, there was like a, um, an area that was like a disco dance floor, essentially with speakers that were built by James Murphy. We're like, that sounds awesome. And it's like him DJing with some other DJs too. Not like live, but he has like a mix going. So we walk over there, we walk inside and the music was like banging. It was fucking awesome music. It was like, it's like a lot like Clapton kind of vibe, you know, just that disco-y electronic feel, which I love. And we're hearing that. And as great as that should be, the whole time we're sitting there, we're, we're just exhausted. Like I've never been, I felt like just 
completely like out of it and I felt like I was going to pass out and, and no amount of water could help because we were drinking water all throughout the day. We just couldn't handle the heat. Like it was just brutal. And so, and you know, we'd been inside the festival for like an hour, you know, like literally hardly even in there at all. So eventually we're just like, we got to head back to, we got to head back to the, um, got to head back to the campsite or whatever. And we get back and then finally we just had to sit in the shade for hours. I I mean, it was brutal. We had to sit in the shade for hours and um, just kind of handle, handle the heat as best we could. Sorry, just fixing a little feedback there. Um, anyways, so we dealt with the heat and then, um, that was just kind of the brutal, that was a brutal first 24 hour period for us there. It was, it was pretty rough. It was like a lot of ups and downs, um, and, and pretty wild. But then finally that night we went back into the festival and we had a good time. We saw, uh, that night we caught the tail end of M83, which was, um, which was good. It was a little disappointing because it was, you know, we only saw so much, um, and then I'm just going to kind of list off the bands I saw, what I thought of them. Cause I, I can't talk about Coachella the whole fucking episode. It's already half an hour in. Um, but basically I'll, I'll say all the artists we said, I'm going to give you some of my complaints at the end of what I don't like about the festival. So we saw M83 a little bit. They were awesome. Of course, what we saw, we at least caught like midnight city and then I think like their biggest track off their new album too. So it was pretty awesome. That one with like the Steve Vai solo, I think I played at the end of the last episode. So that was pretty cool. Um, Steve, I didn't show up. Like I said, I wanted him to, uh, unfortunately, but the guy, uh, for the band could play the solo just as good. So it was cool. Um, we saw him saw or heard a little bit of Sufjan Stevens because we had to get food after that. And, and he was kind of at this big outdoor stage. So I heard Chicago and some other songs, but, um, it, I'll get to my complaints too of why we couldn't see everybody. And I have a lot of stuff to complain about, about the festival. Cause ultimately it was fun, but, um, Saw him, and then I think after that, and I'm name-dropping the hell out of this right now, but we saw Ellie Golding for my girlfriend mainly, but, you know, she's good, honestly. Ellie Golding has an amazing voice. Saw Jack Yu, which was, like, as douchey as that sounds, totally fucking awesome. You hear all their songs, you're like, I don't, or, like, but right before you see them, like, I don't know any of their songs, Jack Yu, who the hell, and then you listen, like, oh, I've heard this all, like, going out on Fridays and Saturdays to the clubs. I've This is what they play every night out, so it was cool to hear that live, and then we made it over early to LCD Sound System, and seeing them that night made all that effort for that first 24 hours and the whole entire trip, whatever effort we had to put in, even now that I'm still putting in and you'll know why in a little bit, I'll tell you what happened. But because of, because of all of that, like even just seeing like, in spite of all that, even seeing LCD sound system, it's all, it's all I needed. They were incredible. If you ever have a chance to see them, if they're going to a festival near you, coming to a festival near you, um, go see them. They won't disappoint you. They're incredible. And they just have such a great energy. They just have, James Murphy is just such a, like, he's just so cool. He's just very cool. And he's like 47 or whatever he is. Like, it's just awesome. So they put on an amazing show, played some great songs. They didn't play 45, 33. Like I wish they did. I think I played that song one time for the podcast on an intro where I talked about them. So, uh, that was a little, that was a little bit of a bummer, but, um, other than that, I mean, they were incredible and made it all worth it. So second day we kind of dealt with it all. And, uh, Got back to the festival around, ooh, what time? We, every time we had to go in late because it's just so hot. Like, that's the frustrating part about it. And you can't stay in there all day because it's so expensive. And so um, we get in there and we saw, uh, who did we see? Disclosure. That's who we saw. We saw Disclosure. And Disclosure was probably second favorite out of everybody. We saw incredible. They were awesome. So disclosure. Then I made my way over to DJ cozy over in the Yuma tent, which is like a lot smaller. It's not like in the outdoor festival and disclosure really was amazing. They were in, I, they were mind blowing. They were so good. It was awesome. Great festival set. And then cozy was great. 
they had a little Bernie Sanders puppet in the crowd. Like someone was holding on a stick. It was like the weirdest thing, but I took a picture with it and I was dancing with it and stuff. It was just great. And then we saw Clapton at like uh, the do lab, the outdoor tent. He did like a secret quote unquote secret set there, which worked out really well because um, his next set, his main set was on Sunday at two. And I'm just like, there's no way we're going to get in Sunday at two and make it to the closer Calvin Harris at 10. And so anyways, we saw a lot of DJs that night, Disclosure, Cozy, uh, Clapdown, and I think we saw some other people, but it was kind of hard to remember because I I, 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 uh, I did drink a decent amount before, uh, <laughs> but it was it was really fun. It was, it was really a good time. It was probably the best night. The middle night's always the best too, you know, because um, I didn't go too hard the first night or anything. We didn't do, we didn't go too crazy. We just kind of were enjoying the music and stuff, and then the second night, we partied a little bit more, and then, you know, it was, it was still, it was still really fun and and the whole festival, I, I only drink. I didn't, I didn't do anything else. I know a lot of people go to Coachella looking for the psychedelic experience or whatever. And I only drank. And I, because of that, I, there are some problems associated with their drinking setup at the festival, which I'm going to get into. Um, I just want to go through who I saw. And then Sunday, um, I saw Sunday was a little bit more of a mess. We were exhausted and just hung over and just kind of done with it. And, um, saw like the chain smokers and, they're like really heavy EDM. Um, they're pretty good. You know, they got some good songs. Uh, Calvin Harris and just, you know, some of the other bands on Sunday. I don't know. It was a fun time at the festival, but I just kind of want to get into what I want to complain about a little bit. Okay. And then we can actually like go into what the show normally is about. Not just festival recaps and stories, but I had to, t- I had to talk about it because I hyped it up so much. And for anybody listening that hasn't ever been to the festival, they're probably like, this is so boring, but got to get it off my chest. So the problem with Coachella, okay. And I'm going to say right now, preface, I would give it a solid six and a half to seven out of 10. And that interview, that is definitely going off of the pitchfork scale out of 10. They're like, mm, 4.2 out of 10 Mumford and Sons new album. It's like, oh shit. Actually, I think they gave Mumford and Sons album like literally a fucking two. But anyways, um, we, the, the problem with the festival, sorry, I had to go back and record that. Got, I was starting to get feedback. You didn't have to hear that, which is great. Um, the problem with the festival is it is so much effort. And I really, with the festival, that's the best thing I could tell anybody about it. I could just, I just had to be like, it's such an insane amount of effort and, and dealing with elements and walking and I mean, walking, it's like, I had to walk. Oh my God. But really there's just such an insane amount of effort associated with that festival, whether it means sleeping outdoors, whether it means dealing with the heat, whether it means walking from one stage to another and in between that you have to walk a fucking huge distance and then while you're doing that you have to deal with a massive line in the bathroom or um, or something just as like difficult as I just want to get a beer. And which brings me to my biggest problem with the festival. It's not 21 and up. And because of that, you have to drink in the beer gardens or whatever they are. There's like Heineken beer gardens. There was like just a draft beer gardens and everything. And at the beer gardens... That's where you have to drink. That's all you can do. You can't take it. Even though it's a plastic cup, you can't take it out of the beer gardens. You can't take it anywhere other than just that specific area. You can't go watch a show with a beer in your hand. It makes zero sense. With a festival with like thousands and thousands of people, like one of the biggest festivals, if not the biggest festival in America, and you can't drink fucking beer and watch Guns N' Roses. Like, what? That, like, I feel, I feel like those actually, it's like part of their show. I don't even, like, how does that even work? So that was really probably the most frustrating part because because of that, I missed, 
I missed shows. I missed artists. And it's like, and I know that's like, well, it sounds like you just have a drinking problem. No, it's, I want to have a fun time and have a few beers and, and keep a buzz going. Cause it's fun to, you know, when you're at that festival, it's the only way to handle all the shitty elements and the heat and the dust. And, and you, by the way, you're getting the watered down version of this. Cause I've already bitched about all this to my, my friends and family asking how it went. So you're getting the watered down version, but, um, yeah, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It, it, it really just doesn't at all. And I, it, it's frustrating to deal with because you just get like, I missed, I remember after I like we missed a lot of M83 cause we got in there and we're like, well, we need a beer. Like we want a beer before we get going on anything. And we had to do that and you have to wait and you have to drink it there, this, that, and the other. And it slows you down going everywhere else. It's awful. Um, I, that's one of my biggest complaints. And then on top of that, the beer is $11 a draft. I shit you not like $11 a pint. And granted we were buying like good IPAs, but I mean, it, it, it's just, there's a lot of effort financially, physically, et cetera. And so I also don't really understand why it's always like they have the festival there. They're the fe- city of festivals. It always says that like on their signs driving the city. It's like, why? Yeah. You have a big fairground area to like put a bunch of stages and musicians. What city doesn't? And on top of that, it's a hundred degrees. And on top of that, there's dust blowing in my fucking face from everywhere. And I can't hardly breathe by the last night because there's dust just stuck in your throat. And it just like, it, it's brutal. And by the way, I'm complaining. You're probably listening to me. I'm like, oh, he hated it. I didn't hate it. It was a great time, but it, it could have been so much better. And I, I think the next thing I want to do is go to like a festival in an actual city, uh, maybe like Lollapalooza or Bonnaroo or, you know, Austin city limits or something like that in a, in a city and stay in a hotel or an, and I have family in Chicago. So I could, I could chill out there and it just be better. It's in a city and you can go get food and you can go out afterwards and not have to spend like thousands and thousands of dollars. It was such an expensive weekend. I spent so much money. Um, so that was just a little bit of a bummer with it. I mean, there were just a few things that kind of got, um, that kind of just got frustrating and you don't really want to deal with the whole time. Sorry, having some coffee. Anyways, so, um, you know, it was a good time. Uh, at the end of the day, it was a good time. But the worst part about it, uh, and I almost hesitate to talk about it because it's kind of, you know, it's definitely an embarrassing thing. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's not mine or my girlfriend's fault. We, we came home with bed bugs from, from the festival. It was awful. And so I, I brought my big mattress pad, you know. And I, I had it in the back of her car and I don't know what happened. You know, it's just like a lot of shit going on at the festival and insects and everything like that. I mean, it was, you, you know, I, I have no idea why it starts, but it's, it makes sense why at like a big festival that would happen, um, with all this stuff just going around and how like messy and sweaty and gross it is. And, uh, we get home and on the way, like literally driving that way back, I'm like scratching my leg. I'm like, what the, f-? I'm like, oh, these mosquito bites. And then I'm slowly beginning to be like, maybe they're just not mosquito bites. I've always had a fear of like getting bed bugs because it just sounds like the worst thing. When I studied abroad, everybody's like, Oh, did you ever get that when you stayed in hostel? And I never think never did. Thankfully. Um, and so I brought back the mattress pad and I washed everything. When I got home, I did my laundry. I washed the sheets. I took care of everything. I cleaned the clothes, but I put the mattress pad on the bed and I just kept waking up with bed, waking up with bites, waking up with bites, waking up with bites. So it was brutal for the past week. Um, and on this past Saturday, I just had to, on yesterday, um, I had to literally just strip my bed clean and I completely got rid of all my sheets, completely gutted my room, vacuumed the entire floor, vacuumed my mattress, put my mattress in like a, it's like a bed bug sheet. It's like essentially like a giant pillowcase for your, um, for your mattress. It's ridiculous, you know, but I had to do that. That's the effort I had to go through. 
And my girlfriend had to do the same kind of stuff too. She had to like throw out her bed. I mean, it was just, you know, I think it's a perfect example of the kind of shit you have to go through for this festival. It's like kind of like the most perfect, like solidified, um, way to just be like, well, you know, that's the kind of stuff you kind of have to put up with. I'm not saying if you go to Coachella, you'll get bad bugs, definitely. But it's just a good example of like, there's just a lot of shit that comes with that festival and you better be ready for it. And I think I underestimated it. Um, but like I said, overall, 6.5 to 7 out of 10, I would say, on the, on the Pitchfork scale. But and, and really, that that number is only a little bit higher because of how great the music was. And that's the best part about the festival. But because they want to monetize it and it's all about making money, which it is. There's no denying that, that you can act like it's all about the music as much as you want. It's not. And because of that, everything just gets extremely expensive and you'd spend tons of money and you're out in the middle of fucking nowhere and you're, and you're, uh, you're basically stranded. And through the magic of, um, podcast time travel, I'm back an hour or two later, we went and my roommates and I checked out a property to live at. We're moving in a month. So had to put the podcast on hold, but yeah, there, there you go. You heard me complain about Coachella enough. Um, I kind of wanted to get what I want to talk about normally on the show, um, 40 minutes in already. And, uh, I just was kind of complaining about Coachella the whole time, but it really is justified, uh, in a lot of different senses. So, um, anyways, and on the way I had this thing that I thought I'm like, I want to bring this up on the podcast when I get back on the way I was riding in the back of the car and there's literally nothing worse than sitting in the back of a car with your friends and you can't hear anything they're fucking saying because the speakers are going on in the back. Like it's just too goddamn loud. And I was dealing with that the whole time. I hate riding in the back seat. Oh, it's the worst. You got to call shotgun. Okay. So, um, let's see. I talked all about, Oh, I didn't even tell some of the stories from Coachella. I didn't even, I stopped looking at this disco heat stroke was the name of when I, when Nicole and I got a, Oh, we were just dead in the heat and had to go into that disco room. Homeless man asking for the time while a, drinking a tall can Bud Light. Oh, yeah, that happened. Um, spilled a beer, sending a snap. Oh, yeah, I was snapping the whole time using those filters. I'd spilled a beer completely by doing like a selfie thing and sitting down on the bench. And this is an $11 beer. And I spilled it everywhere, all over me on the table. And my friends know that like I'm extremely clumsy. It was just so embarrassing. My girlfriend was like, Jesus, like, oh, my God. Um, what? I, I don't even know when I wrote that. There's a headline here that says blackout Betty getting let in. Mm, okay, George, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> and then I wrote the last thing to, to wrap it up was, was FOMO. And that really is the biggest problem with Coachella. I think it can be just completely boiled down to that one um, phrase of, you know, fear of missing out. And that's the problem with it. It's like you miss all these artists, you miss all these bands because of all the minor inconveniences along the way. And it kind of just takes away from the festival a little bit. So that was just, that was just frustrating to deal with. But in terms of like normal stuff, we talk about this show. Um, I remember the last episode I talked about M83, how much I love their album, how excited I was to see them at Coachella. And while they were great at Coachella, it was awesome. Um, I also, uh, predicted that they would get best new music on Pitchfork. I was entirely wrong. Anybody uh, that frequents that site probably saw it got like a, I think I got like a six point five or like a seven or something. I thought it was too harsh. Uh, I disagree. Um, and it also was just kind of a good example of how critic scores affect things for you know v- viewers and listeners 
when it comes to um, any sort of media. I mean, you know, Rotten Tomatoes for one is obviously like a perfect example of if I go into a movie seeing it certified fresh, I'm going to have a better mindset. Sometimes it's better just going in blind. I mean, Pitchfork had been pre- uh, previewing it a little bit, so I'd kind of heard some of the tracks and uh, I kind of got into it a little bit, but they weren't necessarily saying like these are best new tracks or giving them any accolades. It's just like this is their new music coming out. So either way, I, I went in pretty blind and I was just enjoying it and I just liked the album. And then I read that score and um, didn't read the article. Of course, I just read the headline and score. Um, but it was kind of like, oh, okay. Like it kind of frustrated me, but at the end of the day, at least I enjoyed it myself and I made it my own mind. I mean, it was just a really good uh, example of like, you can't let the critic scores always decide uh, everything. I think sometimes, I think especially with, um, I would say especially with movies, it is really helpful. I'll admit like it helps you weed it out, but music is so, so subjective. Um, that is so tough because really everybody just prefers a different sound and stuff. Whereas with movies and everything, it's a little bit more of a consistent formula you're generally going to get. Um, and you can still enjoy that consistent formula. I don't know. It, it's, I mean, I guess it goes both ways, but it, it was, it's just different. So especially with music, if you can go in as blind as you can and just have a recommendation, just listen to it and go blind from there. I loved it. I, I loved M83's album. And I fully disagree with uh, Pitchfork. And I, I think I might have like tweeted at them or something that I was mad, but they didn't care. <laughs> okay, so let's see. I had some things I wanted to go over. Oh, yeah. So I needed to talk about um, togetherness. So the, fu- the finale happened. And for one, anybody watching that finale... Um, I talked to one of my roommates watching it and some of my other friends that watch it. And um, it was a pretty like, it was a pretty on some levels week finale for the season, for the series. It was good, if that makes sense, because the season itself had this conflict with um, the mother. I can't remember her name. Oh, I'm I'm terrible at that. But the, the mother who had like been caught cheating at the end of or at the beginning of the season spoiler alert um and she had that struggle with like the blonde lady and and keeping the school under her grips and everything like that and that was like the big issue i wasn't expecting the way they intersected that storyline with brett's uh play brett and alex's play like the dune reinterpretation i didn't expect that which is i mean that's good you know they they surprised me there but at the same time it wasn't i don't think it was well done i didn't really enjoy that part of that episode, anybody watching, I, I'm really curious what their thoughts were because I just thought it was a little heavy handed and over the top with the, with the cheese and, and the corniness of the, of the people like the kids like playing in the dune, like clubhouse, weird science experiment thing to get the people's funding for her school. And then her school, it was just like, what? Like it, it was just so cheesy. And it honestly, it was just unbelievable. I just kind of thought it was I didn't think it was handled that well and it just wasn't my cup of tea. I thought it was just a little over the top and corny and it threw me off. I I think usually that series will have moments like that where it breaks into like a slow-mo kind of almost montage of like an event and they throw in some like indie song behind it. And it's like, while you may think that sounds cheesy, it's usually handled well where you still enjoy it and it's still fresh. It's still original. And while it was original and like, I didn't expect it to happen also, when it was happening, I was like, oh, I just don't like this. So wasn't a fan of that because that was a, you know, a big kind of seal on the end of the season for like the, at least the season specific conflicts with that uh, mother character. I wish I could remember her name. I'm, I really am so bad at those 
names and remembering them. It's like so hard for Thrones, of course. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I didn't like that. But overall, I liked the ending of the series in terms of you get her and Brett back together and then you get Alex and I don't know any of the female characters. I'm, it's, I'm such a sexist asshole, it sounds like. Uh, but I liked that Alex and her like made out and got together at the end. And it's like, oh, do you have a condom? No, we're going to have kids and be happy forever. Woo. You know, like, I mean, what I ultimately gathered from it was that. I, I mean, I think ultimately I get why HBO canceled it. And I think cancel is like a really strong word. It's like, we're done, you know, like terror. It doesn't mean it's like bad necessarily. Cause I think in this show's case, I think mainly speaking, it had already told its story. That's the thing. It, it The story had already been told. And I mean, where are you going to go from there? I almost feel like they knew for a while and then they got to keep you watching and then you get hooked on it halfway through the season then they go oh we're canceling and then you go well I might as well finish it now you know and and I'm not gonna not finish it at this point I've come this far I want to see how it ends at least you know three or four more episodes I can do that as opposed to doing at the beginning no one's gonna watch those eight episodes so I figure it's one of those things they probably made it and then they're like all right this is probably we're gonna end it because the way they ended the season with that with Brett and her getting back together and his wife which kind of happened a little too easily I'm gonna just say when he like dated another girl and, and banged her for like you know, he would, like that was just, I mean, that was, like, she was fine with it. I'm like, oh, all right, you want him back. But I mean, it was fine. I'm Either way, they wrapped it up and I'm glad they did. They didn't leave like that open-ended. And that's what I was most worried about with the series because the worst thing is when they go, well, let's make a, let's make a movie so we can get it all fully wrapped up, this, that, and the other. And then it never turns out as well as you think it'll be. And everybody looks different and it's done five years later. And by that point, you don't even care. I'd never really liked like the new Arrested Development seasons that came along. It was the same kind of idea. So felt a sneeze coming go went away all right um but yeah so i don't know i i really think hbo knew that they're probably watching it and they're like let's just wrap it up you know let's wrap it up this is it it probably wasn't getting the most you know the best ratings and i understand it's not it's a kind of a niche show it's as much as it's like i love it and it's so human i think anybody could watch it and relate to it and enjoy it and find it humorous and and lighthearted, but also serious and i think it's a phenomenal show but I also think if someone asks you, what's it about? You'd be like, oh, it's about family and love. It's like, I don't know. It's like so broad. Like, I don't even know how to really describe it because it's almost so simple of a story that like, I think it's hard to sell. Whereas now people want to watch Thrones. People want to watch these, you know, over the, not over the top shows, but well, a little bit, you know, shows that are going to really kind of, it's like that shock jock thing. So I, I don't know. Um, Either way, I was just glad the way they ended it in terms of wrapping up the storylines with Alex and Brett and, um, and their relationships. And it, it was it was well done in that sense. And I ultimately can see why they did it. I really, I get it. I get why they did it. And um, at the end of the day, I kind of applaud it because I think at first I was, I was just so pissed off. I'm like, I can't believe they ended it. I can't believe they did this. I can't believe like it's the best show ever. And then I finally saw the ending and I'm like, well, where are we going to go from here? Alex and, and his wife working... Th- uh, or no, uh, Brett and his wife working through their marriage now and dealing with that again. And then Alex and her like having kids and having family, like as awesome as that sounds and they could do it. I mean, I don't know if we need that, you know, like they ended it on a good enough point where it's like, all right, we, we're never going to see that fictional world. We're never going to go there storytelling wise, but we don't need to, we don't need to. And either way, we, we at least came to a conclusion and I think that's the best you can ask for. So ultimately I was satisfied with it and love the series. And I just didn't like that 
weird thing with like the school. I think I, a lot of people were in agreement with me on that, but it's fine. It is what it is. You know, they had to like kind of intersect the storyline so Brett and his wife could get back together and she could kind of forgive him. He forgive her, etc. So I get it. But ultimately, um, yeah, great show. And, and, uh, just another, another great, great product put out by HBO. So fantastic, fantastic on them. Oh man, we're already 52 minutes in. I think I'm going to play some Clapton on the way out and then I'm going to jam a little bit on the guitar so you can hear that and then we'll then we'll then we'll be done. Let's see what else did I have on here. So we got to talk togetherness. I had a podcast suggestion. I don't know if I have time to talk about that though. I don't really want to go an hour and a half on this one. I don't know if I talked about this last episode. Um with Louie, I might have. But I'm really starting to realize this comedian genre of storytelling, it might start getting overstuffed because I, I, and I'm pretty sure I already talked about it, so I won't, I won't go too into it, but I don't think I mentioned last time that there's this show coming out with Andrew Dice Clay in it for Showtime and it's called Dice and it just follows his life. Well, uh, what's the show that calls, <laughs> that follows Louis called? Uh, Louis C.K. It's called Louis. What's the show that follows Mark Marin? Marin. And you're starting to realize these shows are kind of becoming a dime a dozen a little bit. And I still love them. You know, I, I suggest Marin. I suggest Louie. And I'm sure that Dice show is pretty interesting. I love comedians. I love comedy. It's one of my, like, favorite... It's one of my favorite things to see live. Like, stand-up comedy is just... It's so fun. Um, and I think just the lives of comedians, it's, like, fa- it's fascinating. Like, they just are on the road all the time. They work their asses off. And they look at com- comedy as such a specific art form. It's uh, It's really cool. And so I get why those shows are appealing, but it, they're kind of, they're coming in hot, you know, a lot of them. So I think hopefully that market doesn't get overstuffed. I don't know. I really don't know. But either way, I, I you know, along those lines, I did wrap up Louie. I thought it was a great finale, a great finish. Um, I mean, not a great finale. Sorry. It was a great last season as always. Great show. But the finale itself was just kind of strange as you would expect from Louis. And then he has that new show out now, Horace and Pete, which he didn't even do any marketing for or anything. He completely self-financed it. Oh, did you hear that? That's my roommates playing. Uh... Jesus Christ. <laughs> and interrupted. No, uh, that's that's my roommates playing um, playing video games. I'm sure you heard that. Sorry about that. Um, playing MLB The Show. I'm going to guess they swung for the fences and the outfield caught it and... They didn't get a home run or some some something like that. I'm not a baseball fan, if you can't tell. So, uh, anyways, I wanted to talk about the togetherness finale. We got to that, and then I needed to. Oh yeah, I'm Prince passing. How sad is that? I, I'm not. I was never a huge Prince fan. You know what I like in that too? It's it, honestly, it's it's really the same thing as David Bowie. Just another legend that I have the utmost respect for, but I'm not a fan of their music, and that doesn't mean I don't like their music. I'm just not a fan of it because I've never really listened to it. I've never given it a chance. I've never, I'm sure there's, and I think that's a lot of people my age, you know, right around early twenties. It's like, we just kind of came out of the era where that just, his music wasn't a thing as much. We didn't grow up with that, like being mainstream and being like him being the major pop sensation of at the time. And obviously same with David Bowie and um, like in the, you know, late nineties and I could be wrong. I, I don't really know. Maybe I was just young and I didn't even notice it at the time I was listening to like, Smash Mouth CD. I loved Smash Mouth CD. I was such a fan of Astro Lounge. Jesus, it was so good. Oh man, it was so good. Uh, but it's really sad. And um, I, I think we're gonna get a lot of tributes out and a lot of good covers of his phenomenal music. And it's just another legend down. It's very sad. So um, 
hopefully good things come of it though in the sense that you know these artists and musicians get inspired by him and i think it is happening I, i've been seeing a lot of great covers and and a lot of wonderful like tributes and stuff like that so unfortunately it, it is sad but um it happens man it's it's pretty it's fucking depressing sometimes too but i it's just a it's just a way of life um so last two things yeah so the last things i want to talk about i mean hbo's back with all their wonderful shows uh they're great premium content and so excited for um, Thrones to keep going. I'm recording this right before the episode two of season five or six, wherever we're at. Haven't watched episode two yet. I'm still predicting right now that Jon Snow's not dead. Okay, Jon Snow's, I mean, he is dead. That's why HBO said it. He is dead because he is dead right now. Spoiler alert. Um, but he's going to be coming back somehow. Magic, whatever, whatever happens, he's going to be coming back. Don't you worry. And, um, I'm not worried about that at all. I think, I think it's going to happen for sure. And I wish I could bet something right now on it. Cause I really, I really think it's going to happen. Um, but I thought it was a great, uh, season, uh, premiere. I thought they did a great job just, you know, wrapping up all the loose ends of the cliffhangers that they left us with at the end of season five, because typically the format of that show, the way they do it, my roommate and I were talking about this. They typically end a season on that wrap-up episode that we got at the premiere. So usually they have all those cliffhangers and characters die and all the shit. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Then they wrap it up at the end and then you're like, all right, they're going to gear us up. And then after that, at the end of that, like at the start of the next season, they just kind of shift it to the new world and maybe fast forward a little bit in time or whatever they do. Set you up for those new plot lines. Whereas this was just leaving, like, I mean, honestly, that season finale left us on so many cliffhangers. So ultimately what they just did is finally tied up all those loose ends gave us exactly where we're going to be headed this season and then now this next episode we're going to get more of like the actual plots in motion and the uh conflicts that we're actually going to be seeing uh play out in this season up in this like next episode and everything so i thought they did a great job wrapping it up i loved how they were pretty open-ended with like a couple things so we don't know exactly what's going to happen like Jon snow what what he, what his deal is and everything what's going to be happening there um but otherwise, they, they wrapped it up and kind of set up some interesting storylines that are going to be playing out over the next few episodes. And it's going to just be so exciting. It's such a great show, and I'm just glad it's back. I'm glad it's back. I'm also glad Veep is back. Watched the season premiere, and that was hilarious as usual. Uh, I don't know if I've specifically recommended that show before on this uh, on this podcast, but uh, I don't think I've like done an episode for it exactly. But it was a great premiere, and if you haven't watched Veep yet, you got to watch it. You have to watch it. It's just so witty and it's so goddamn clever and it's so irreverent and it's just such a funny satirical take on the political um, the, the political game that we all have been watching play out over this last year uh, with Donald Trump and just uh, everything. You know, it, it just does a great job of... Uh, and granted, they don't even have like a Trump-like character, I don't even think, in this season. They're probably not even going there, but... It just is a very funny commentary on politics, and uh, it's a great show. If you're into politics, that's the biggest thing. If you like politics, like if you like House of Cards because you like the political side of it, you need to watch Veep because it's funny as hell, and it's also has that political plot, which is always fun to get into, like who's going to win the election. It's just so such a great um, setup for any season, you know, when someone wants to win an election or they want to win a primary, and they did the same thing in House of Cards, you know. It really sets up that tension. So if you get a chance, please watch it, In especially being into politics and if you're fascinated by what's been going on with the election right now and, and, and kind of a lot of these politicians breaking down the barriers of what used to be a very um, 
sorry, I just got a call of what used to be a very, uh, almost respected profession. And now it's kind of like there, there really is there, they're thinning that line between us and the politician. It's pretty unbelievable. So the, the show is phenomenal at, at, um, making some pretty clever commentary on that. And then I watched the Silicon Valley premiere as well. Sorry, I'm flying through shows here. Um, mainly if you're, if you're not watching a show, honestly, the main ep- like point of this episode to recommend anything is just watch Thrones. Thrones is the way to go ultimately. But I uh, I finally watched Silicon Valley's premiere as well, and it was it was okay. Um, sometimes with that show, these episodes get a little bogged down in that kind of oh well, what's gonna happen with uh, like like they set up a plot line that you know where it's going, and you just you're ready for it to happen. So the season premiere itself sets up the the lead character of. He got, I think at the end of the season, he's like, not CEO of his company. They're like, we voted you out. Like, you're still going to work here. And then at the beginning of the episode, the premiere, he just says, well, I quit. I'm not going to do it. And so the whole episode is him saying, I'm going to quit. I'm going to work for someone else. And the whole time you're just like, all right, well, we know what's going to happen in this episode. He's not going to quit. He's going to come back and work. And and just that's the only problem with that show is just sometimes it doesn't take me to places I wouldn't expect as much as I'd want. But then it always surprises me. It does. And so that episode itself, it was just slower and it was just like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. And then finally at the end, it's like, I'm not going to quit. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, we get it. Like that's the conflict for this episode. And we expected all of that to happen anyways, but it's one episode, you know, you can't really, one of my roommates was complaining to me the other days. Like, I can't believe people review a single episode of TV. Like, how do you even do that? And I get it because it's a hard thing to judge an entire season off a first premiere. It's like a pilot of a show, you know, that first episode, back has to set everything up for that new season what they do with those first episodes is try and set it up so someone coming in off of not even watching the show beforehand can still watch it that's why they do those recaps and everything not just to refresh the person who's watched all the seasons like oh that's the reminder again it's for people that don't watch it at all and they can at least hop in and get what's going on a little bit so a lot of those premieres sometimes aren't as juicy as you might want them to be uh, but because they're kind of foundational a little bit and then we'll see where the show eventually goes so I'm not going to be too judgmental but Ultimately, uh, Thrones is back, and it's just so damn exciting. That's so great. Um, but yeah, so I think it's time to wrap it up. It's an hour and two minutes here. Uh, thanks for listening. Sorry if I was all over the place here. I had to split up the podcast in half, essentially, and uh, I just kind of was rambling on about Coachella. If you didn't go there and you're like, um, I was boring. Sorry, I just had to get into it. <laughs> that first 24 hours was brutal. It was brutal. Um so anyways, I'm going to leave you with a track of Clapton. I'm going to play it a little bit. And then um, and then I think I'll just plug in my guitar and jam a little bit if you want to listen. And if not, no worries. But uh, but I'm going to actually see Clapton on May 13th in Scottsdale at Livewire. $10 tickets. So if you are in Phoenix and you're listening to this, go to that show. It's going to be awesome. $10 tickets. Can't beat that. Going to be an awesome show. And then I can't wait to review it on here because, like I said, I missed his main set at Coachella because at 2.30. I'm not going to go. <laughs> I can't go to another thing at 2.30 in the afternoon at Coachella after the first day. I'll pass out again. Um, but I'm excited to see him, and we're going to leave you with his newest single that actually came out the weekend of Coachella, and I was playing when we were pre-gaming one time. It was awesome. Um, let me get it going here. Okay, one second. All right, so I got the song up here. Um, to anybody listening, thank you so much for tuning in. It's been Content for the Culture, uh, episode 15, and sorry about the delay between episodes. Maybe I'll get another one in here quickly. Uh, thank you. Thanks again. And rate and review on iTunes if you can. Follow all the playlists on Spotify. Appreciate it. Appreciate all the feedback and everything for everybody who's been listening. 
Uh, and if you stay tuned after this song, uh, it's Heartbeat from Clapton. Uh, if you stay tuned after that, you're going to hear me jamming the guitar a little bit. So thanks for listening and uh, have a good week.